You're listening to audio from Redeemer Anglican Church in the urban heart of Richmond, Virginia. We are a parish committed to gospel formation for missional presence through seven essential practices. Telling the biblical story, embracing a new identity in Jesus, finding belonging in the church community, cultivating virtue through redemptive habits, understanding our context in this current cultural moment, laboring in renewed vocations for the common good, and reordering our imaginations through beauty in the arts. To learn more about our church, visit RedeemerRVA.org. You can find our scripture reading, our first scripture reading on page 754. This reading comes from the book of Hosea, chapter 6, verse 6. And just as a reminder, if you do not have a Bible um, and you would like one, please take this one home as a gift from us. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please stand for the reading of the gospel? Our gospel reading is in two parts this morning. The first from Matthew 5, verse 7, which is on page 809, and the second from Matthew 18, verse 23, starting on page 824. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And then from Matthew 18. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then their master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Amen. Let's be seated. It's my pleasure to introduce to you, if you do not already know him, Olson Duclos, who is Redeemer's newest addition to staff as our Director of Community Formation, which is a very fancy title, um, which essentially means that Olson is stepping into the role of overseeing um, and shepherding our small groups ministry here at Redeemer. And uh, Olson and I were introduced to each other back in the spring through a mutual friend who thought that 
we would get along. Yeah. Um, and we do, which is yeah. great. Um, and so uh, I'm just so thankful that you're on the team. I'm thankful that you're here to preach to us. And um, can I say a prayer for you and for thank us you. as we begin? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for my, my brother and my coworker and my friend Olson. Lord, I pray that you would speak through him to us this morning. Would you open our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive your word to us through your servant Olson. This we pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm so glad to be with you all this morning. As Dan said, my name is Olson Duclos. I'm the Director of Community Formation here at Redeemer Anglican Church. Um, and I've been increasingly encouraged as I've been able to, to get to know some of you. Um, I'm particularly encouraged by, by your value and commitment to cultivating community um, through Redeemer Small Groups. Uh, if, we, if we haven't met, um, know that I'd love to connect with you at the end of worship. Uh, as, we, as we continue our sermon series through the, the, the Beatitudes of Jesus, this morning, we, we arrive at a text that on the surface seems to, be, seems to be a really innocuous text. Like it's just, this is going to be safe, um, kind of vanilla text. Um, and, but but, but this, this couldn't be further from, from the truth, all right? This, this is, this is Jesus' teaching on, on mercy, um, and it, it was anything but bland, I'll tell you that much. Uh, if, you, if you've been in church for any length of, of time, chances are you've heard Christians talk about grace and mercy, particularly God's grace and God's mercy, right? Um, because words like grace and mercy can sound like synonyms for, for one another, um, we, we have uh, memorized these shorthand uh, de definitions to, to distinguish be between the two. Grace, um, grace is the defined um, shorthand as receiving what you did not deserve, right? We, did, we didn't do anything to earn God's love or redemption, uh, yet we have them both. That is grace. Mercy is, is the, defined as the absence of what we did deserve. We deserved, because of sin, to be separated from God and receive eternal damnation. But that is not what we have received in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Instead of separation, God came near to dwell with us through the person of Jesus and, and has even filled us with his Holy Spirit. Instead of eternal damnation, God offers us secure salvation through faith in his son, Jesus. In that way, grace is, is associated with, with generosity and joy and love. Mercy, however, um, is a, can be associated with, with, with wrongdoing, with, with sin and wrath. Mercy connotes that, that, that the one receiving mercy did something wrong, which is not necessarily always true, right? I mean, consider our ministry to, to the poor, to the infirmed and, and, and dying. The, these are known as mercy ministries, ministries of mercy. 
So, so these, these, these terse uh, d- d- definitions can only carry us but so far, right? They, they lack the, the, the robustness needed for us to implement them. Uh, I think we're more likely to extend grace than we are to extend mercy simply be, be because we understand grace better than we understand mercy. I mean, who wants to, to help the one who did wrong? The one who, who even caused harm, who wants to help that person? Pretty much no one, right? So my hope for us today is that we grow in our understanding of what mercy is and who does it, all right? What it is and who does it. All right, first, what is mercy? What is it? Um, Sometimes it's helpful to, to explain something by, by talking about what it's not, right? So we'll start off there. Let's talk about what mercy is not, all right? Mercy is not a perversion or a version of justice, all right? Mercy is not a perversion or a version of justice. It is not a get-out-of-jail-free card, all right? Um, as, a, as a society with nearly uh, 2 million people in jail or prison... Uh, we, we tend to think much more in terms of punitive justice, right? Uh, don't do the crime if you don't want to do the time. But mercy, m- mercy through this lens, rather, uh, is perceived as leniency and therefore an opponent of justice. It seems to be opposed to justice. And because lacks justice, Lacks justice. We, do y'all, y'all see what I did there? Lacks justice. I worked on that. Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, the, the, the problem with this line of thinking is that it almost never leads to healing. It never leads to, to, to healing both for, for the victim or for the perpetrator. So Gregory of, of, of Nessa, um, one of our historic church fathers, uh, defined mercy not as the opposite of justice, but rather as the opposite of cruelty. Unless mercy softens the soul, one will not seek the healing of his neighbor's ills, since mercy is defined as the opposite of cruelty. Folks, let me be, be the first to, to, to name, well, not the first, but let me name it right now. Mercy tells the truth. Mercy calls a spade a spade. Mercy calls things what they are. It acknowledges the, the, the facts of the situation, and it maintains appropriate boundaries. It does. And rather than evade justice, scholar R.T. France uh, reminds us that that mercy sets aside society's uh, assumption that it is honorable for us to demand revenge. In the parable that was just read for us earlier, there are are a few things I want to direct your your attention to. Um, First, note that note that the king allowed for this enormous debt, all right? 10,000 talents, 10,000 talents is not something that you just lend out, right? It's not an amount that anyone would be expected to just have on them, let alone um, an amount that they would lend to a servant, 
right? 10,000 um, is simply the, the largest numeral for, for which a, a Greek term exists, right? Um, so in, in the Greek, we don't have millions. We have, you know, 10,000. Um, and, and a talent is the largest known amount of money, right? So when these two are combined to, together, this is, this is, in effect, our zillions, right? So, so the, the uh, king lent the, the servant a zillion dollars, all right? And now this is the uh, first hint that we're not talking about an earthly king here. And the uh, servant, the, the uh, servant's plea that 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 given time he could pay down this debt was absolutely laughable at best, dishonest at worst. Now the, the, this king had had a few options here, right? Notice the uh, king did not have the servant killed, which he could have. Nor, nor do, does he sell this man and his family for just a small profit, but he could have. Selling the, this man and his family would not have even made a dent in this debt. Instead, this king forgave the debt. He knew that his servant could not pay him back, and so he had compassion on him. True to, to the text, he had pity on him. You know, we, we live in a context in which people balk at the idea of anyone having pity on them. That's because we don't know our need for, for pity. The uh, second thing I need you to see in this text um, is, is that justice is good and right, all right? Um, I don't want you to, to, to lose, um, I, 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 don't want it, I don't want it lost on you rather, that, that justice and mercy go hand in hand. It is not an error of Jesus that, that he taught, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied immediately before teaching, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Jesus held the uh, two together, and so should we. It's a paradox. Even after the servant proved to be wicked, this king did not extend the, the, the harshest punishment possible. Because remember, mercy firmly sets aside society's assumption that it is honorable for us to demand revenge. Okay, so, so mercy is not a perversion or a version of justice, so what is it? All right, so when, when Jesus spoke of mercy, you, you must understand that he, he defined the, these terms by God's character, all right? So mercy, mercy as defined by God's character is unmerited, steadfast love. Mercy, as defined by God's character, is unmerited, undeserved, sturdy, steadfast love. Mercy is, is compassion in action. 
Gregory of, of, of Nyssa uh, understood mercy to be love intensified, which makes sense because when, when you love someone and then mercy is needed because something wrong happened, uh, you, you end up having to pour out more love. You have to exercise more love in their, in their time of need. More love is given when mercy is used. The, the uh, word that, that best encapsulates the, the, the mercy that Jesus uh, was referring to here is the Hebrew word hesed, right? And hesed is, is often translated in our Bibles as steadfast love or loving kindness. The, um, just a, just a, a side note here. Hesed is used throughout the, the, the uh, Hebrew scriptures hundreds of times, and about two-thirds of that is God's loving kindness towards man, but a third of it is about man's love, man's hesed love to other people. So this is, this is not a, a new concept, right? We, we've, this always has been required of, of us, all right? And this is love that refuses to give up on you. This is covenantal love that, that is bound to you. This is how God defines his relationship with people. It's with hesed love. It, it, it's, it's a love that, that says, hey, I am obligated to you. Even, in the, even when you break relationships. I'm obligated to you. There, there is always hope for, for, for restoration, always love and righteousness held together. Regardless of what was done, mercy asked the, the question, how can I love you? You can't remove the, the, the relational aspect of this word from its meaning. All right, because hesed is not a transactional term. Mercy is unearned. It is unmerited, sturdy, steadfast love. While mercy is not transactional, it is costly. Mercy is costly. For, for the king in this parable, it cost him everything, right? A zillion dollars. For the king of which the parable is about. It cost him everything. His only begotten son. This is not mere hyperbole, right, for, for the sake of a good story. Remember, parables are everyday stories that reveal spiritual realities, all right? They are everyday stories that reveal spiritual realities. So, so the, the uh, king had to pay this debt. He took that hit. It cost him everything. Do not overlook the, the, the uh, fact that, that the debt still gets paid. It must be paid. You know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, student loan for forgiveness and debt, debt forgiveness these last 10 or 15 years. Um, but the only way debt is ever forgiven is if the debt is paid and the king paid the debt. 
Gregory of Nyssa was correct when he wrote, mercy is a voluntary sorrow that joins itself with the suffering of others. Translation, mercy is going to cost you. It will be costly. So what, what is mercy? Um, mercy is unmerited, steadfast love in action. If mercy is unmerited, steadfast steadfast love in action, then who does it? All right, another way of asking that, that question is, who's responsible for it? Who's responsible for practicing mercy? Uh, Jesus' answer may, may surprise you because generally mercy is perceived as the, the, the prerogative of the powerful. Mercy is usually re- uh, perceived as the prerogative of the powerful. It is perceived as emanating from those who are in power. In this view, mercy is what the strong grant the weak. Mercy can can come from a a wealthy benefactor or an an employer, a police officer or, or judge, someone in authority, someone in a position of strength. Or it comes from God, the ultimate authority, the ultimate strength. Mercy, in this view, is, is misunderstood as, as being inextricably bound to power and therefore reserved only for a select few to exercise as they will, if they'd like to. Not only is this view uh, woefully incomplete, it lets us, it lets us off the, the proverbial hook for extending mercy because we don't perceive ourselves to be powerful all right mercy becomes it becomes above our our pay grade it becomes beyond our our purview i i we cannot perceive ourselves as per as practitioners of mercy in this in this view we just can't comprehend it i don't see myself as that strong or that or having that much power, or having that much money so, so that I could extend mercy. I feel very limited in that. What's worse is we then think that mercy is something that we need only from God, from God and God alone. We sound like David, against you and you alone have I sinned. No, <laughs> sin against some other folks too. Yeah. <laughs> If you, you know what, you could end up thinking that, hey, if someone needs mercy from another person, then they just must be a mess. Like they're already irredeemable. This view causes us to to take a posture of self-righteousness. It keeps us from both um, recognizing our ability to practice mercy and our need for it. When Jesus taught, blessed are the merciful, Uh, for they shall receive mercy, he was and is unequivocally disagreeing with this idea that mercy is reserved for the powerful. In fact, Jesus did not limit who could be merciful. Notice that? Because the merciful are simply those who practice mercy. The merciful are simply those 
who do mercy. According to Jesus, anyone can practice mercy. And this is not something reserved for, for Christians even. All right, if you're here, um, if you're here th- th- this morning um, and you don't claim faith, right, you don't claim faith in, in Jesus, uh, I want you to know that this is something that you can do right now. You can, as you are learning more about who Jesus is, you can d- d- decide to show people unmerited, steadfast love. You can, you can show people undeserved, loving kindness. Jesus invites you to do that, to show mercy. And if you do, you will be blessed and celebrated. More importantly, the Lord will have mercy on you. So I encourage you to, to show mercy and see what, 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 what happens. I mean, in my experience, when I've remembered to show mercy, um, I have found myself uh, at the end of myself and needing Jesus to, to help me extend more mercy. And I hope that's the, the, the same for, for you. Uh, so not, not only can anyone practice mercy, right? Not only is there no limit to who can practice mercy, um, note that there's no limit to who can receive mercy, right? Um, we live in a world where there is no shortage of people who need undeserved loving kindness. They need it given to them. They need it modeled to them. The, the, the Bible teaches that everyone is in need of mercy. Everyone needs mercy. We all need steadfast love. No one is without need of that. And Jesus taught that anyone can practice mercy and everyone needs it. So Christians, while, while practicing mercy is not uh, reserved for the people of God, uh, this is certainly required of the people of God. Uh, another gospel writer quoted Jesus teaching that, that um, we are to be merciful even as our Father in heaven is merciful. This, this has always been a requirement for the people of God. When challenged by re- religious leaders for, for displaying mercy to those who, who these leaders uh, did not think deserved it, Jesus re- rebuked them saying, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He was quoting the uh, passage that, that was read earlier in, in Hosea. Now, I, for one, really struggle with, with, with this scripture and, and others like it, right? Uh, my, my, my issue is that if you read the, the uh, Hebrew scriptures, God did require sacrifices. Um, so it just, it, I felt confused. I felt like, God, was I just doing it wrong? Was I reading it wrong? But the truth is God never required rote sacrifices detached from our hearts or how we treat others. See, our our vertical relationship is always reflected in our horizontal relationship. 
How, uh, how much we, we love God is always reflected in how we love people. Consider the uh, servant who had, the, had his debt for, forgiven. Uh, he squandered this opportunity to practice the unlimited mercy that he had just received moments ago. Let that serve as a warning for us. We are all in danger of missing opportunities to practice mercy. So look for them. Keep your eyes peeled for, for opportunities to practice mercy. And sometimes it's as simple as holding your tongue. Husbands, I know that we, we seldom feel like we need mercy. Uh, but, but your wife is going to do something that, that does not deserve loving kindness. That's going to happen. Give it to her anyway. And wives, um, you, know, you know that your husbands need some mercy. Um, you, you know that we're going to get it wrong. Show, show him loving kindness. Show him steadfast love, though he doesn't deserve it. And this is true of every re re relationship, all right? Your, 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 your friends, your neighbors, your parents, your children, they all are like you in need of mercy, in need of God's loving kindness expressed through you. And, and so you, you are invited to give the very thing you need, secure love, Mercy, yet another paradox, giving the very thing that I need. Um, uh, uh, Augustine, uh, another one of our church fathers, um, he, he put it this way, something is asked of you and you too are asking for something. The way that you treat the one who asks you is, is the, will be the way that God responds to you. The way we respond to others will be the way God responds to us. So do not wait for people to deserve mercy. They won't. Just give it to them anyway. And you will be like your Father in heaven. Freely you were given, so freely give. Um, so what is mercy? Mercy is unmerited, steadfast love in action. It does something. And who does it? Anyone who chooses to. And, and we all need it. Um, Christians, this is re required of you. And at the, at the end of the first service, somebody uh, asked me, well, why do you think it was that, that the, the, the uh, servant who, who had all of his debt forgiven, why do you think he, he didn't forgive the, uh, the, uh, the other servant who owed him. And, and instead, he, he choked him. Why, why was that? I said, well, because he didn't understand what was done for him. He didn't let it get down in here. He didn't appreciate the, the magnitude of the forgiveness, of the mercy, of the loving kindness that he was just given. And so he mistreated it. 
He just tossed it to, to the side. Folks, what, what would it look like if we walked through life looking for opportunities to practice mercy, if we were known as practitioners of mercy, practitioners of loving kindness, if we were, were searching not for opportunities to be offended, but rather for opportunities to practice mercy. That is the, 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 the life that Jesus invites us to, and that's the life that I hope you choose. Let's pray. Almighty God, you, you have not de- dwelt, excuse me, Almighty God, you have not dealt with us according to our sin, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Grant that we, who for our evil deeds deserve to be punished, by the might of your grace may mercifully be re- relieved. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening. To connect with our team or to learn more about our church, visit RedeemerRVA.org. We look forward to knowing you. Go in peace.